On this week's Bet the Process podcast, we have one of our top 20 guests that we've ever had. We're running back Rob Pizzola, who's going to do some name dropping of football players to make us think he knows what he's talking about. He's going to talk about his new tout service that he's launching uh, for hockey this year. And um, as always, Rufus is going to try to give out some negative EV picks. So with that, let's start the process. Bet the process. Bet, 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 bet the process. Welcome to the podcast. Bet the process. It's not that typical cookie cutter nonsense. If you came just for picks, you're in the wrong place. Find a tout with the narrative to make a strong case. Instead of blindly assuming a team must be tanking, we're looking for the edge of Massey Peabody rankings. Crunching all the numbers in a simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. Welcome to another episode of the Bet the Process podcast, where we have one of our favorite top 20 guests that we have on. Definitely top 20. Top 20 or top 30? Top 20. I mean, I mean, he's both top 20 and top Do we describe him and see if you guys can guess? Let's see, it'd be like 20 questions. Bigger than a bread box. Wait, wait. wait. Short Uh, blank. Lives north of the border. Yes. Formerly a tout. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> we have rob pizzola for those of you guys who are wondering and we're excited we haven't had him on in a while actually we did have him on in that like existential off-season episode that everyone said was incredibly depressing because rufus just thought rufus and rob just talked about how how much they struggle mentally in sports betting um rob how has the football season been for you so far oh man um i would say insane uh, in terms of the ups and downs that I've had over the course of the season. Uh, So I'm like slightly profitable, but very, very, like is a very small amount, less than 1% ROI on NFL this year. Um, Doing a lot of Smith had taken that sack in the, on that last play, would you have been profitable for the year? (laughs) I would not have, I did not bet that game. Uh, I was just very intently watching it and I could kind of, I could kind of see the bad beat unfolding. I'm like, this guy's just going to keep taking sacks over and over and they're going to get safety. But uh, no, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's been weird because I, I, I guess I have not experienced swings like this in an NFL season in a long time where it's uh, I think six out of seven weeks this year have either been extremely good or extremely bad. Uh, and there really hasn't been much in between. So I've been uh, spending Sunday nights either drinking heavily or, um or drinking celebrating heavily. yeah i guess, I guess so, like <laughs> drinking heavily in a different way i guess yeah maybe i, I need to uh seek out some uh, rehab or something <laughs> what, what for are the you, uh, what are you drinking these days what's uh, the drink of choice um i've been drinking this is a local beer that i've been drinking a lot lately uh pretty 7.1 percent bone shaker the same thing that that rufus struggles with it which is this is a podcast so when you hold something up uh, this no one can see it yeah it's a good point we see, see each we other on, on the on the recording but i'm drinking bone shaker which is uh from a brewery in uh, toronto which is called the amsterdam brewery which uh i find to be fantastic and when i'm not drinking that um don julio tequila is kind of like my go-to now on sundays over the course of the why day why do you guys think tequila hey, wait, have you tried so have you guys tried uh los dos Jeremy Levine's tequila? No, I have not personally. I have. It's pretty damn good. Jeremy Levine has a tequila company. He does. I, I actually went to a, uh, I went to a party like at his, the Los Dos house, and 
in the uh, meatpacking district um, the other weekend. Are you Googling it, Jeff? I am. Dos, dos. It's like two ingredients, no additives. It's like actually really, really good and really smooth. I was. Well, I why was do you guys think tequila is such a such a big uh, got such a big? Um, don't you guys feel like it's way more popular than it's ever been? I I, mean, I, I don't. Well, I, I don't like. I prefer that. mezcal personally, but yeah, like no, nobody. Ever. But mezcal, like, mezcal has gotten more popular. Also, I think it's just alcohol. Is Maybe more it's popular. just alcohol. 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 Yes. I think alcohol is more popular. Alcohol that's, is that's more the popular. takeaway. Yes. Have you guys? Uh, have you guys listened to this book? Um, uh, what was it called? It's the, by that Annie woman. It's about uh, alcoholism or how to like combat al- like alcoholism. Um, there's a book about alcoholism. No, it's 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 about it's interesting. It's basically about how so much of why we drink is is like uh, is like uh, confirmation bias or unconscious bias. Like we basically like kind of condition ourselves to like like the taste of drinking and like equate. We basically are conditioned to equate it with so many positive emotions, mm-hmm. and so we basically like train ourselves to become alcoholics, right? Like it's 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 kind of a fascinating. I've I've only read maybe the first whatever pages and and it's it's interesting enough that you should read it because I think you guys would both find it interesting as as a cerebral people as you are. It's um, an interesting concept. I mean, I'm probably not going to read it. I'll be honest. I I I don't read. Like I read articles. Do you and do, you, do you ever listen to books? Uh, I don't. I listen to a lot of music. I'm like a guy oh, the, in my mid thirties. Book called This Naked Mind. Sorry. This naked mind. Interesting. No, I mean, for me, it's, um, I'm at my desk most of the day and I'm a, I'm a music guy. I'm like one of the rare people. I read an article along. I I read an article a long time ago. I think I actually was at the beginning of COVID about how, um, like less than 5% of people, uh, hit the age of 30 and then, and, and actually listen to new music. They're like very nostalgic and listen to a lot of old music and, and stuff like that. And, I'm constantly seeking out new music. Um, so that's kind of just is, my is it thing. Like I don't do podcasts. Rock or? I mean, that's because you're um, evolved, Rob. Yeah. An evolved maybe. man. Well, I, I think it's because I I, I like I, I pointed to the guitars in the background here, like as if people can see again. But I, I've played guitar for pretty much my whole life. So I have just like, I don't know. I, I like to listen to a, a bunch of different things, but I, I'm pretty into like mathy stuff that would different time signatures, very long progressive songs. That's kind of my jam. I'm one of the few people like the concerts that I go to are 99% a male, male audience. I, I like, I don't really know what that means, but I think it kind of just gives you a glimpse into what I, I listen to. I would say. When was like the real moment in your life that you guys realized you were nerds? Like, was there, uh, was there, was there a quintessential moment or. So I got, I mean, in grade three in the province of Ontario, you take a, a, what is essentially an IQ test to decide whether or not you're going to get advanced or not. And I did get advanced. So when I was in grade five, I was starting to do grade six work Mm -hmm. and basically all from grade five through grade 12, I had the same classes with the same people. And we were basically the nerds because Mm -hmm. of that. So I've realized that at a very early age, um, but I'm not ashamed of it either. I mean, I, I have friends for life. I see the same people all the time. And, uh, I think of like a lot of the stuff that I like to do and which is like play strategy board games, for example, 
um, which is a huge passion of mine. And I like to play them with smart people. Wait, wait, um, but, but Jeff likes to play strategy board games too. I like to play Catan. Does that make and a Jeff lot of strategy also? purists? A lot of strategy purists don't like Catan because there's too much luck related to mm-hmm. it. I, I like it, but it's um, I would agree that it's like a um, there is enough luck involved because of the the role of the die. But that doesn't mean that there's no strategy involved either. It's like a pretty good mixed game. I think it appeals to a wide audience. You play, uh, um, you play I, online? I, I used to, but it actually consumed way too much of my time. So I haven't in years, but I, I did. And I loved how there were so many different maps that you could play, yeah. um, all sorts I, of different rules. Like it, it was fun. I have a question about online Catan that I've never asked Jeff, but I want to. Do you trade? Like, because I feel like part a big part of Catan- I don't. Is I think trading no. is- almost, It doesn't happen. Trade, I don't trading like- doesn't, so it happens online, but I don't, I don't ever accept trades because I basically feel like you're helping that other guy more because they're able to basically like strategically leverage that trade more than you can. Right. And there's very few times if I'm like really short a resource, meaning like I intentionally skipped a resource and I know I'm going to need that resource. That's the only time that I'll like entertain trades at all. But generally, I just ignore trades. And I, I think the game would be a lot better personally without trading. It well, how, how does it work when you're playing online? How do you trade? Like, are you, can you, you just, just put an offer it. out and say to anybody, say like, I'll give you three, yeah. you know, yep. stones for a brick or whatever. Rufus, it's exactly it's it. software. It's not that hard. Yeah, yeah, you just propose what you what you want as the trade. Like trading does happen online. It's just very rare. And it's really quick. Like someone will propose a trade. They'll keep it up for like a second or two. If it doesn't get accepted, they just take it down. Yeah, they take it down or they trade in their four resources for one to the to the bank type of thing. Can you say Um, resources again? I just like resources. Oh wait, you 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 didn't say it the Canadian way. You did say it different the first time. You like resources. I love Uh, it. I love it. Well, you asked me to say resources again, so I was just gonna repeat. We got it again. Oh wow! You did say it that time, like there was a Z involved. All right. Uh, All right. Can we go yeah. back to Los Dos? So this is like a real thing he's doing. Huh? Yeah, literally. Like it's a pretty like, I mean, it's not figurative. The, the house that the party was in was like pretty epic. Um, <laughs> is that how you got your subscription to Grinder? So what you it say? is certainly. Um, Rufus texted on our text chain something about Grinder, and it was very confusing. But that was the inside nature of that joke. Um, Okay, so macro level observations of the football season so far this year. Anything for you guys that's interesting that we've noticed at a macro level? I mean, not really. I I, I mean, there were some hypotheses that I had. I, I, I guess it's kind of like where scoring has settled this year, which is in between where we were last year with no fans and where we were the year before with fans. So like scoring is up relative to previous seasons with fans. Um, and I think teams are getting a lot smarter in terms of their fourth down gambles. I think that's kind of like my biggest takeaway from the first seven weeks of the year. You still have some very conservative coaches that are punting the ball away, but just in general, the terrible decision-making does not is not as widespread across the league anymore. Um, I don't have the data to back me up in front of me right now, but the amount of times we've seen teams go forward on fourth down on their own side of the field is monumentally more than we would have seen in, in previous years. Data, so, data doesn't matter. Narratives matter. I like your narrative. Let's, it, let's it, not... It's real. Like there would be data to support this. I just don't have it to, 
in front of me, but teams are becoming like more analytically savvy, I think is the best way to put it in general. I, I think in the past, a lot of people would have, you know, mocked that, that type of decision-making. And I, I think like it's becoming more widespread across the league now. So definitely that's kind of a takeaway and I'm starting to incorporate it into my numbers a little bit in general. Now I need to do a lot more work on this in the off season uh, next year leading up, but I think there's going to be is, more is of... it team. Is it team based based on what they're doing and what yeah. you, what you observe. So coach coach based. Yes. I think there's coaches that are giving them their teams a much better chance to win based like off of their in-game. Stefanski, Staley, who else? Uh, those would be guys that come to mind right away as, as ones, but like there's guys that are killing their teams as well on top of it, like Shanahan, for example, Belichick, um, Zimmer with their in-game decision-making um, in terms of fourth down aggressiveness. It's the Belichick thing is fascinating this year because as I watch him, I want to rip my hair out because of one, the conservative play calling that they're doing with, you know, really, I think, I don't think the conservative play calling with these rookie quarterbacks does these rookie quarterbacks any service because ultimately they're putting them into very predictable situations that allows the like defense to sort of tee off on them. Mm -hmm. Um, with the Belichick situation, right? I mean, Belichick was the first coach that ever really went for it on fourth down in his own territory, like deep in his own territory. I think it was at the 29 yard line against yep. Indy in that game, right? Yep. So I don't know what's going on with him. I hope there's some sort of long game going on where he's just trying to play very conservatively at the beginning of the season to sort of like keep Mac from, you know, like destroying his psyche. But at some point, I. I hope and and pray that he comes out of this ridiculous sort of play calling because he is cost play calling and decision making. He's costing them games, like at, at 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 or at least opportunities to win games. They could arguably be six and one right now if they had a little bit more. I mean, they yeah. they they lost the three games they lost were by less than one score, right? I mean, they were and they were in positions to win all of those. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a couple things that come to mind immediately. I mean, it doesn't really ap apply to Brandon Staley, but just in general, I'm finding that um, coaches that used to be defensive coordinators that step into the head coaching role tend to be more so of the mentality of, I'm going to punt the ball and trust my defense type of thing. And we see that a lot. Staley is kind of like the exception to the rule where he's just really aggressive in general. Um, so I've seen that, and I've also noticed a trend in, in coaches' commentary after the games. I guess a lot more reporters are asking why they didn't go for it in certain situations or why they don't trust um, the fourth down numbers. And a lot of the guys speak in, like, these absolutes in the sense of, like, have you seen our offense? If I go for it, we're not going to get it, and we're just going to give the other team good field position. Now, not in so many words. That's not exactly how it's being articulated, but – um, I, I think that, yeah, the, the, the way that their offenses are running are certainly having some sort of like de they're developing these in-game biases based off of what they're seeing. Like sometimes it's just like, I don't trust my offense to pick up a yard. Um, okay. Like figure out what the probability of you needing to pick up that yard is, um, and then decide whether or not you have a better chance than that or not. And a lot of coaches don't think that way, but, um, it's the game is evolving. And I think that's kind of like what I'm getting at here. It's you, you tend to see stuff on a weekly basis that, um, you just, you wouldn't even have seen last year. So, um, 
smart coaches are going to start to, to copy what's happening at the top level with, with the guys like Staley and Stefanski. And uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking a few years from now, this is going to kind of be the norm. So when you guys think about this, like the Staley example and being aggressive, going for it on fourth down on your own side, of, do you guys believe that it creates a higher distribution or a wider distribution of outcomes? Because, you know, in the Staley case, like, they're down by whatever he's going for it on fourth down in his own territory that turns over the other team's going to, you know, like if he's trying to get back in the game. Right. And ultimately he's taking that risk because that's what he should do. But it, you don't, you often don't see that because teams will kind of like play conservative. So they don't get blown out. Quote yep. unquote. He doesn't care. Right. Right. I, I mean, you'd see that in the past too, with coaches that would be down like three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and they just kick a field goal if they're in field goal range, because the goal was to, to not get blown out as much rather than to try to come back and win the game. Now it's a passing league. Now that's it's, it's changed a lot. Teams can score multiple scores, but I think it's evidenced over the past couple of weeks in the amount, like we had very, um, a very low amount of one score games last week. And I think we are going to start to see some more, I don't want to say blowouts, but maybe just, um, larger margins of victory just in general because of a lot of these gambles that are happening late in games. And they're not necessarily gambles. Like, teams have to play to win. But, um, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of the way that it's been playing out, Jeff. I mean, I think a good example of that is the Ravens-Bengals game. Like, it's 41-17, but the Ravens went for it twice in their own territory, didn't get it, mm-hmm. which basically gave the Bengals a short field and touchdowns. That game was not a 24-point game. It was a much closer game, but... On the scoreboard, it looks like a blowout. And the narrative now is the Bengals crushed the Ravens and people are talking, right? Right. But but it could have been a 10-point game. And in which case there isn't that narrative, but the Ravens wouldn't have had a chance to actually win the game. So I, I, I kind of agree with that, Rob. What I wonder about is in reference to that idea, like, does this impact your ratings? I, you know, just like people throw out ratings during you know, garbage time or whatever, they try to do that. Should, should, should we put context into this and sort of throw ratings out? I think that's probably going to have to happen. But again, a lot of this is happening in garbage time already, Jeff. So I already filter out a lot of the garbage time stuff. So I think I'm catching most of this already. Um, I don't make a ton of in-season adjustments personally. It's just not something that I, I tend to do, especially as, as NFL overlaps with NHL. And I'm working pretty steadily daily on that as well but these are some kind of things that i'm definitely going to have to explore in the off season going into next year um because yeah it's not it's not the same game from year to year and you constantly have to evolve based off of what you're seeing in front of you and rufus brings up a good point you look at a lot of these box scores at the end of a week and it it, the, the final scores look like one team killed the other and really you know you you look at epa per play and success metrics and it was a close game. And then just one team is gambling more towards the end because they're trying to win. Um, And you know, that's, it's having an impact. That's not going to affect expectation per se. And it's not going to affect my power ratings because uh, if you're, if you're looking at things on a per play basis, it's like, okay, they didn't get this fourth down. The other team had a short field, right? It's not affecting it there, but you know, a game that might've like, I think it's just affect, it can affect variance in the final score margin. Well, but then does that, does that create an inefficiency, right? Like, and, and I know most mm-hmm. smart, maybe an alternate spread. 
I mean, right. Like if, if in, in these or cases, totals you might well. be able to say, right. That's a good point. Like you, you, that's actually a very good point. You're going to get higher totals as a result, probably. Um, but, but I was going to say like, if you know that there's a coach that will do something like this, then essentially you could say, well, this alternate spread essentially like might have value taking the other team minus, I don't know, 23 and a half points, right? Bengals minus 23 and a half. You could have probably gotten a nice price on that. Um, but like, this is the classic, the, they don't know how to price tail risk kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And, and the thing is like, and, and my tools and unabated are not going to account for that because this is not something that's, that every coach is doing either. Like Dave, Dave Cully's not doing this. Um, with no. the Texans, he's, he's no. like, no, 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 no. We don't want to lose too badly. Um, but well, it's like, know, I want to keep my fairness, job right in fairness. Like he's not going to win the game anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so he'd rather have it look not as bad. So, um, yeah, I, so, so it's, it's certainly one of those things that's on a, on a case by case basis, I think. And you can pretty easily identify the coaches that are, that are playing to win the game as Herm Edwards says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, teams so far that you're, you're kind of surprised at that you think that, or teams, I guess that, that you're looking to back going forward based on like the first seven weeks of observations and the way the market prices them. So that that's the interesting part of it, about it is, is where they're priced within the market. Mm-hmm. Um, like this is a, this is a challenging one. I mean, I think Pittsburgh is being priced somewhere like a average football team right now um, from market expectations. And I don't think that Pittsburgh is an average football team. I think that they're well below average. Um, so that's probably a team that I will be looking to fade in the future. I, I know, like, it depends on the matchup, it depends on so many different things. Um, but I think that's one that's stands out to me right away as, as um, where I have them relative to where I, like I produce my own market power ratings based off of the closing lines of games. Uh, and I think uh, the market values the Steelers as the 16th best team in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. That seems off to me. They're more like the 20 something ish. I would say so. I mean, their offense is not overly impressive. From a defensive perspective, their EPA and success rate numbers are decent, but they have played a relatively, uh, actually, it's been a tough quality of, of offense. So I've got to take that back right now, just looking at where I have their adjustments. So, Rob, I, I mean, have 13th, I, by the way. Oh, well. Sorry. I mean, I don't like can, that. I, I, I'm can, certainly not can, hitting can on you. Can you tell me? Um, I'm put, I'll put you on the spot here. Just tell me who you have, 14, 15, and 16. Um, I said they're 13th. 14 is New England. 15 is Las Vegas. 16 is Minnesota. Okay. See, like, I, I think Minnesota is way better than Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, get, I, I think Pittsburgh has a better defense. I think Minnesota has a better offense. I mean, they're pretty damn close. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm not like I think I'm too high on my priors on Ben. Still, that's the problem. You're also much higher on New England than I am personally. As well, well, I'll tell you why I'm higher than New England. I, I downweighted last year's defense for them, uh, the performance on defense a little bit because of um, because they had all those COVID opt outs. Honestly, it was that's, a very different squad. I, I agree, but even offensively this year, like New England's 25th in the league 
in EPA per play on offense. Yeah, they're a uh, bad stri- offense. I agree. Stripping out garbage time. And like when you consider that they've played the Jets twice, who are dead last defensively in EPA per play, they've played the Dolphins, who are 30th. They've played the Texans, who are 27th. Like they've played a very easy schedule of opposing yep. defenses and still have not been able to put together uh, much. And then their, their depth is on defense right now is seriously being questioned. I mean, obviously, Stefan Gilmore gone now. Um, they have Dante Hightower injured. Like, it, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not high on New England at all. I think that's, uh, uh, I, I don't Fair. like that football team. So you like, you, I, I'm assuming that you like the Chargers this week minus the five and a half and you like Cleveland minus the four. Um, yeah, I, I, I lean to those sides. I don't have monumental edges on all of those. I kind of got out in front of the Cleveland number um, just in general because there's a chance that Baker will actually play this week. Even if he doesn't, I still think it's value with Case Keenum. I don't agree that like there's no difference between Keenum and Mayfield. Like a lot of people are are seemingly saying out there in, in market. I don't I don't buy that. Um, but yeah, I, I I lean to both of those sides. The Chargers is a tricky one though, and always will be because um, I don't give them anything for home field. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I believe it's right. Um, I've actually know of some people who give them negative home field argue that's wrong argue what you want i don't you can't give them negative but i mean if you field. listen to I'm this sorry. podcast called bet the process you would know that the home field doesn't just come from the fans right it comes from correct the travel their circadian rhythms the circadian rhythm method like all of that kind of exactly stuff. a lot of that has d- been diminished over time though as well 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 rob rob so here here's the thing with home field if you look at it last year home field was like 0.15 points mm-hmm. a game like imputed based on team quality yep. and all that stuff the year before that too. So you had no fans mm-hmm. this year. It's been practically non-existent too. Um, 2019 home field, slightly negative overall, like no home field before that, the year before that, it was like three points. The year before that it was like two and a half, like basically, you know, it just kind of fell off a cliff there. And was there some rule change that would have, that's the cause of that. Like to me, that just, it seems like one of those things where, yes, I don't think it's as strong as it once was, but clearly I, I still don't like, I mean, I think it's one of these sort of anomalies and maybe you say, okay, th- maybe you could come up with some argument and say, yes, there was some change in how officiating, uh, like how, how referees are evaluated in, in, in a way that would make it so that there's no longer referee bias or something like, like, so that felt falls off a cliff. Like, I don't know, maybe that's the case. If that's the case, then I'm going to change my prior a little bit. Um, but I mean, you know, you can see uh, an NFL season's 256 games. It's not that many games. And mm-hmm. I actually was thinking at some point of writing an article and, and doing kind of um, sort of a test case to sort of show like that in like basically find other things that are worth two points and show that there's a, occasionally a few seasons where something that's normally, you know, two points isn't worth anything. Right. I mean, it happens like, I mean, actually, you could see it where years where home field advantage is worth like four points or something on average. Yep. Um, and so, like, I don't know, though. I mean, that's the that's the thing. Like, it, maybe there is some regime regime change, to borrow a term from, like, academics. I don't know. I'm still a believer in uh, crowd noise being a factor. Uh, just in – I'll tell you this. Totals uh, – last, last year, NFL games, I believe, averaged 49.5 points. 
Uh, I don't know if I updated my numbers yet for this week, but I think going into this week was 47 and a half. So it's two points lower. There really hasn't been any dynamic change in the way that the game is being officiated. Um, I mean, you can argue that I, I got to pull up. I should have pulled up the numbers. I see if I can have them available or, or scrape them now, but I'm pretty sure defensive pass interference is actually up this year overall, which will lend itself to more scoring. Um, they don't call offensive holding as much as they did last year. I mean, towards the end of last year, it's at least pretty close. So what is contributing to the scoring decrease? I mean, you could just say maybe the quarterbacks in the league are worse and there's been more injuries. That's fair. Like there's a, a variety of factors, but I think that crowd noise is part of it. Um, and that could actually work against the home team at times as well. Um, because the crowd doesn't necessarily know when to stay quiet when their team has the ball, they just get rowdy and excited. But, uh, I do think that it has a, a fundamental impact on the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, someone else might argue with me and say that they don't, I mean, that's, they're entitled to bet their money however they want to. Uh, but for me, the chargers is always kind of facing an uphill battle at home because of the way that these opposing teams, uh, fans travel to that stadium. Uh, and essentially make it so that it feels like they're playing a road game. So what um what's going on with um the Chiefs? What do you guys think is wrong with the Chiefs or the Chefs as we call them? Same oh, thing that's one... always been wrong, right? I mean, they don't have a good defense and like I don't I, I think that the, all these narratives because they're three and four are kind of greatly exaggerated. I don't think they're a bad team at all. I think they're a very good team still. They don't have a good defense, but when you have the best quarterback in football, you don't need to have a great defense. You can have a bad defense and still be an elite team. But they, they're they still they're still like a top ten team, obviously. Yeah, so, so I mean it happens. So many, but there would be a lot of people that would argue with you saying that they have the best quarterback in football. I'm not disagreeing with okay. you personally, but I think a lot of people. There's even questions of whether Patrick Mahomes is a top five quarterback. Well, right I think now. that's dumb. Wait, wait, wait. Why, Patrick wait. Mahomes, if, oh, yeah. if you don't think Patrick Mahomes is a top five quarterback, and I'm sure, like, I don't even know if Massey Peabody does, top, honestly. Who are the top, the, who are the top four? Who's better Matt than Jones. him? Um, oh, Zach Wilson. Sorry. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Oh, Taylor Heineke. Like, Davis Mills, of course. No, Davis he's Mills last. He's third. last. Doesn't Davis what, what's wrong with like you, Rob? Davis Mills third. is off. I don't know what's wrong with you. Um, no, listen, I, I, I no, agree but, with but, but like, who are people saying are the top five quarterbacks? If Mahomes okay. They're going to say, Allen. they're going to say Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. Are they going to say Jackson. Justin Herbert? They're going to say Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, there, there's, you, there's you, a lot of good quarterbacks in the league. I, I, I happen to that's, think that's insane to me. Mahomes is Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. I don't know if my numbers say it or not, but I'd still would if you had to take I would, a quarterback. If you were I'd taking a quarterback him. tomorrow for your team, who would you take? Who would you guys each take? I would take Patrick Mahomes first okay. overall in an NFL draft. Period. Even if it let's let's say it's just for this year, so Tom Brady's eligible for whatever. Do you still take Mahomes? See, now this is where it gets tricky. No, because that is not a consideration. Like, like this, Mahomes is the guy you take. It's insane. not that hard. Mahomes well, is the guy you take. Well, I mean, he does have a lot of turnover-worthy plays relative to the top, other top-end quarterbacks. And this has been a thing. Uh, this is not just this year, Rufus. Last I know, year, I he, Look, I've always thought he's he overrated because of that. Right. So, I mean, still, I, it's, yeah. and it's, those are manifesting themselves 
that like that's happening now. The turnovers that should have happened last year are happening now. And he has not shown an ability to adapt to that on a weekly basis. He still gets sacked and throws the ball up in the air like he's playing on, on a playground. I, I mean, I think he's extremely talented. I think he can be... I think the Chiefs' offensive play calling is very bad right now, and I think they're really struggling from the fact that teams are limiting the big play against them and forcing them to methodically work down the field, and it's they just don't seem to be capable of that. They built an offensive line that is full of great Shit. run blockers, but not great pass protectors. Um, and I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of things that are contributing to the Chiefs' problems. I think that they're still a very much a Super Bowl caliber team and can win the Super Bowl. And anyone who's dismissing the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I think that's just like completely ludicrous at this point. But um, there's just there are question marks. Um, and and if you're asking me who am I taking maybe this year for the rest of the season, I'd make a argument that I take Tom Brady over Patrick Mahomes right now for the rest of the season. That's just wacky to me. Just because I watched Brady be pretty pedestrian for a while until you know even last year not he had some pretty bad moments last year and then caught fire in the playoffs and certainly has been great this year they went into a bye week last year a better supporting where, cast too where tom brady basically said i want to redesign this offense to match the offense that i had in new england no more everybody running vertical routes on every single play we're going to make it so that i'm dumping off to the running back a lot more often getting the ball out of my hands quickly and that works for them uh, and has worked for them since then. Uh, and they've been incredibly consistent since that bye week last year where they completely revamped their entire offense. So um, I don't know. I, like, we, we could, <laughs> depending on, on the week you ask me, I think the answer can definitely change because I, I'm, I'm subject to bias just like everyone else is. But I, I, I am definitely a little bit more concerned about Mahomes in terms of the a, the turnovers being a real thing going forwards. One pick to win the Super Bowl right now. No odds, just one pick. Bucks. Bucks. Interesting. You guys know how hard it is to repeat, right? Uh, I mean, sure. You know how hard it is to win the Super Bowl in general? Yeah. Think Very about good. how much harder it is to repeat then, because you got to do it twice in a row. That's I, you know, the, nature of the word repeat. <laughs> I, I I feel like you know, like I, I'm thinking about it more. And, uh, I think the Bucks are the best team in the league, but I probably would actually say the Bills. If you make me, just because of the path to the Super Bowl for them, I think is going to be easier than Tampa's. Really? I think the you NFC still got to play. They still got to play I the mean, Patriots twice. You right? have you have the Ravens. You have the Chiefs. I mean, you love the Chargers, probably, right? The the, the Chiefs are don't not. Don't forget, guaranteed. you have to the go Chiefs through Joe Burrow to make the playoffs. You have to go Let's through not... Joe, Joe Burrow and the what Bengals. What odds would you guys give me? And we can make a bet on this right now. And I'll take. I'll t- if the if you guys make fair odds on this, that the Patriots beat the Bills once this season. What odds? Have wait? They haven't played yet, have they? No. They, yeah, they played, and the Patriots won already. That's why I, I want to make the bet. <laughs> I mean, what is um, that? What would he price that at? Right, like it's. I'm I'm checking to make sure they don't play the divisional game in Week 18 because Ooh, that would be smart and savvy. Uh, but they don't. It's Bills Jets in Week 18. Uh, they play in Week 13 and 16. 
Um, at home, Buffalo to New England, probably something like eight and a half right now, I would say, week 13. And then on the road, week 16, something like four and a half. I mean, lots can change between now and then, but that's what I would roughly estimate. So I'd just convert those to a month. Like, I don't want to do the math right now, Jeff. Is Like, we'll find a fair price if you really want to make that bet. Find me a fair price and let's bet it. I want to bet it. Sure. I love cheering against the Patriots. So, and I kind of feel bad for Bills fans and want them to have a. Well, you you got the Bills last year in our Calcutta, didn't you? Uh, No. Did I bought a? Did I buy a piece of Bills? No, I think you bought a. You really wanted to buy them, and then I think you ended up buying. I think Jennings may have bought them. No. Yeah, I I didn't end up with a piece of Bills. I ended up with. I ended up with a piece of bucks because Preston and you bought the bucks and I bought some of that. Basically, we also had the chiefs. And if I remember those two played each other in the playoffs. Hmm. Yeah. I, 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 Sorry, yeah. In the, in the big game, we're not allowed to say super bowl because we're not NFL sanctioned. So in yeah, the big, you game, don't want to, you don't want to get a cease and desist or anything yes. like that. They'll take our, take the entire show down. Yeah. Uh, they'll, 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 they'll get all our revenue. Yeah. Well, they will garnish our wages. Um, what um, garnish our wages with a nice mint sprig? Okay, so after, so let's say Buffalo and the um, Bucks are the top two. What would your third pick be? And then you can go straight off your power rankings. That's fine or whatever. But like, it, it's interesting to think about what the third pick. I mean, would you take someone like the Chargers because of the high variance or? Like, so it doesn't sound like anyone's a big believer in Arizona. Um, I don't mind Arizona. Uh, I, I bet Arizona Super Bowl futures before the season started. So, Seems I mean, that would be nice. now. Well, sure. I mean, it was uh, 40 to one. I did, I gave them better price than that. Um, then like they traded for JJ Watt, which I thought was going to have an impact. Uh, and even though he didn't have the sack numbers this year, he's actually been You're sounding very Ed Tichy right now. All right, I'll stop. I don't want to be compared to Ed like, Teach, so I'll stop. You, you got, you got, Twitter will hate yeah. me forever afterwards. So I don't. I'm. I'm. Did you bet? I'm did you bet that. the Bills futures too? I did not. The Cowboys. What about Cowboys? I have. I have what one Super Bowl future. I have one Super Bowl future. It's the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. You guys. We know, TJ, we know. We know. JJ Watts out for the season, right? We do know JJ Watts out for the season. It's a blow to them. I mean, listen. I. I just thought it was an offense with a ton of upside, and people were really dismissing Kyler Murray, and I thought that. At part of the reason they were dismissing Kyler Murray, I don't want to say he was being dismissed, but I think he played a lot of games injured last year, which I felt was affecting people's perception of the Cardinals going into the season. That was my logic. I dismissed, I actually removed some Cardinals games from last year, part of my process, whatever. I thought Arizona was underrated. I think I was right about that. But if we're going to the third team, I'd probably take the Rams. The Rams would be my, my number three right now. If I, if you said you can't, and take Tampa Bay or Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. You got to pick third. I would take LA. Rufus. If I can't take no, I'm if I can't take who? Kansas City. You can City take whomever you want. You can't take the top two. Can't take the Bills or I Bucks. Can't take Tampa Bay or Buffalo. Yeah. The Saints. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a joke. Um, I mean, I have the I haven't run with like my futures, but I have um, I mean, I have I think Saints is the number three team. No, don't please, please don't tell me you're actually serious. I will. I can't. I 
Well, I have I have the Saints as the best please defense in football. But please don't tell me you have the New Orleans Saints as the, your number three team in the league right now. I can't even look at you with a straight face. You have to shut off your video for the. You, you don't have to. You don't have to look at me with the straight face. Please tell me your. This is you can look. You can look at with me with the non-straight face if you want. Okay. Um, before maybe, maybe I'm referencing the wrong week's <laughs> document. Maybe 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 it's all be, gonna maybe be the wrong years. Yes. Yeah, I don't wrong, know if you plugged in Drew Brees instead of Jameis, but I mean that could be affecting things as well. He's putting Taysom Hill in as the starter for the rest of the year. Um. How's the bet? How's bet stamp going? It's going well. We're growing pretty rapidly. That's we when you stick- say it's going well. Thanks for asking, Jeff. Thanks thank for you for asking. I appreciate the plug. plug on my company. Yeah, I, I thank you. I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, the product is improving. We're, we're building the team out. We were able to secure um, some additional capital in the last week, which we're finalizing. And we have a lot of big plans for regulation in Canada, which is um, coming. I mean, well, it's already technically... Um, single game wagering is now legal in Canada, uh, but the operator, each, each of the individual provinces has not decided how they're going to roll that out uh, and when they're going to be accepting licenses or, or giving out licenses to operators. So we're kind of gearing up for that at the moment, but uh, it's going well. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the growth um, and just the way that brand has been accepted by the market. Um, so I appreciate you asking Jeff, uh, things are, are good on the bet stamp front. What's, Rob, um, wait, what's Rob, I just want to clarify. I want to say I was lying about the saints. They're definitely not, they're not number three. I was looking at the I, wrong I, thing. They're, they're number five though. I can't, they I, have, I'm, they have, I, I, I'm really high on their defense. I, I don't like, they were good last year. They've played really well this year too. Um, yeah, I, I like their sorry. defense. Like, I right. think it's a very good defense. I and do. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Rob, I mean, I what like have James. you guys learned? What have you guys learned most so far this season with Betstamp? You know, I know obviously we had talked about all these different, um, I think potentially troubling things with sort of like allowing the sort of touts to be on there and like what what was essentially giving them a vehicle to sell and ultimately. I know you're trying to do everything you can to keep this from happening, but potentially giving them like a way to grift based on short-term variants or whatnot, right? Like how, is there anything you guys have learned as it pertains to that? Yep. I can be completely honest with you, Jeff. I have learned that giving people full access to touts plays and being able to review their history, people do not buy picks from long-term losing touts when you give them that option. So I think it's kind of like that was our hypothesis going in is we can kind of clean up this. Uh, Listen, like we're still giving those bad touts a platform to sell. Like we're still giving a long-term loser a platform to sell, but they have to do it in a manner that is where all their picks are verified and anyone can, you know, they're not promoting themselves with short-term eight and one hot streaks. It's a full record there. And it is extremely rare for a tout to be able to sell a package on our platform without a significant number of plays. So I'm kind of learning that we probably have a sharper user base just in general versus a more recreational one. Um, and I mean, it's just kind of like proof of concept here that um, give people the information that they need to make a decision. And for the most part, they will make a good decision. 
J-Max in your marketplace because he's a featured he's a featured person on this this podcast often. So J-Mac is in our media pick section, which we track internally. Uh, we have a couple interns that are focused on uh, just tracking members of the media. We use that to help grow our, our platform just in general. Uh, people are interested in that, but uh, we also want to keep people honest and not promoting BS. Um, so it's kind of like an, uh, an acquisition tool more so than anything. Uh, but people do seem to be interested in the media pick section. It is um, kind of, you got some good people up here. Big cat, Clay Travis, um, yeah. Kelly in Vegas. This is uh, the who's who. Well, we, we leave it open up to our, um, our user base to kind of decide. I don't want to say decide, but make recommendations on who they would like to see us track. Um, and we do it. Oh, so you're track. They're not actually submitting this. You're tracking them yourselves. Well, let's like, uh, let's be real here. Like they're one of the comp, one of the competitors in the space is Betsperts, which I'm not, I'm not here to rag on Betsperts at all. I don't actually even technically consider them a major competitor. They're much bigger. I don't even want to say they're much bigger than Betstamp, but I believe they're bigger than Betstamp, but they just have a very different platform. It's more of like a social platform. Um, it, it, there's not a lot of overlap between what Betstamp and Betspurts does, but for a long time, Betspurts was acquiring users by paying prominent members of the media like Kelly in Vegas, for example, to post their picks on that platform. Um, and then, I mean, if you go look up Kelly's profile on Betspurts now, you're going to see one month of picks with a losing record. And then she said, you know, I'm fucking off and I'm just going to not take your money anymore because I have to publicly keep this record. I don't actually know that that's the case. That would just be my assumption, or maybe there could be a, a other reasons for that. So maybe it's, it's not right on me to assume, but this is, um, I mean, it's not easy just to reach out to a bunch of people who are probably aware that they're not long-term winning betters and say, Hey, you should track your records publicly uh, here. So we just kind of do that for the media side of things. In the, in the case of Raz, are you like doing a partnership with them or are you, or are you picking these picks out like out after them? Do they care that you're doing this? We subscribe to the Raz packages and um, we do not, we, we lock in the plays at the time of the Raz release, but we do not make them available to the public until after the game has started. And did, have you talked to him about it? Does he care? Oh, he, I, I talk to Ed all the time. He, he's very supportive of, of this. Um, so he, he's fully on board with does it. Does he talk about yeah. how much he hates Rufus? He, we talk about it all the time. Like he, not only Ed, but like I say, I, I talk about, I bring up the conversation about Rufus. Uh, and I will say this with Right Angle Sports and credit to Ed, because he actually reached out to us to get the, the, uh, the, the picks tracked. Um, it wasn't us reaching out to him, which, um, I mean, there are some people who want to remain transparent in the industry, which is nice. No, I, I don't give him any, I mean, he, he's clearly as far as pick sellers go in the, this world, trying his best to be as legitimate as possible. And I think, I think that's why he takes issue with the all touts narrative, right? Which is. As uh, do I, I, as do I, Jeff. I mean, we've talked about this before. You know, I, I don't think uh, in the same capacity as, as Seth Byrne, where, where all touts are, what did he say, goat fuckers? I don't remember what he referred to 
totes it, it, it was definitely like some that. they definitely fuck some animals i don't know which ones but there's definitely animals i think animal it was goats involved i i don't know it was there was something okay guys okay, yeah. okay yeah i like okay, I, but that's what i'm saying uh, the point is that like i think it while it's an extreme minority of people i do think that there are good quote unquote good touts and uh, I, we don't have to rehash this conversation unless you guys really want to, but that's just my, my prerogative on it. Yeah. Let's let, no, uh, I don't want to rehash it either. I think we've all made our opinions very clear yeah, many right. times. They, our <laughs> listeners really hate it when we get down. <laughs> well, the, I mean, they hate a lot of things about our podcast, which, which makes me wonder why we even have seven listeners in the first place. Wait, Jeff, I recruited three listeners this week. So we're up to 10. You don't even know if that's they actually are listening. So well, we can at least assume one of them is listening. Um, can we okay, can we go to so, eight? Can we say we have eight now? Uh, we uh, we may no. It's seven is sort Ooh, of our. Tagline. I don't think my we mom. Have, I don't think my mom's listening this week though. So I think we have we have the t-shirt. Safe. We can't get a new t-shirt, so we're not going to change the number of listeners we have. If you are number eight right now, please stop listening. Um, okay, so let's do a few NFL picks and then let's let's let Rob go to sleep. Rob, since you are, I always find your analysis of games fascinating. That's not what we do the podcast for, but since we have you on, let's let's have you jump on a few for us. Okay, let's uh, let's go. Let me just refresh my bet. Hold, hold on, I want to I want to get my, I want to I, I got to open up my sports book so I can uh, be sure to fire quickly before the lines move. All right. I'm going to take a look at this. This isn't live, Rufus. This isn't live. What? I know. I'm going to front run everybody. Okay. Carolina plus three in the minus 105 range right now, for me, is a fairly decent sized bet. Uh, I don't have much separating Carolina and Atlanta. I think the recent body of work for Atlanta definitely looks a lot better. And the Carolina offense has gone downhill. But I think this is a particularly good matchup for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, For one, the Atlanta Falcons are dealing with major injuries in the secondary right now uh, to the point where they are signing practice squad players. AJ Terrell is probably going to miss this game at corner, which is a huge loss for him because he has been very good this season. Um, So from this point of view, I think Carolina can attack the Atlanta secondary. Another thing that of note here is the Falcons don't generate pressure with their defensive line. It's kind of been a problem for Sam Darnold in the last few weeks, but the Falcons are 31st in pressure rate in the league. They're without Dante Fowler, who is their best pass, pass rusher. So I think this is a great opportunity to buy low in a sense on Carolina, whereas you got the Falcons coming off a very easy stretch of games. Um, like, yes, they're three and one in their last four games, but they have also played, um, let's pull it up here. It's been like Miami, Houston, nobody, uh, sorry, you know, Miami, the jets, they lost to Washington, which is like horrendous and the giants. So that's the last four games. Um, yeah, I get it. But like when you play that squad, those four squads, you're going to look a lot better than you actually are. And the real issue for the Falcons this year has been their offensive line. It hasn't really come to fruition the last four weeks because they haven't played a good pass rush, but they played a healthy Eagles D-line in week one and they got smoked. And then the Tampa D-line forced some pressures in week two. They are actually finally facing a top 10 pass rush this week in the Carolina Panthers. 
So I don't think you're going to see the Falcons offense look as good as it has been in the past few weeks. So for those reasons, I'm giving you the reasons why my number is less than three uh, this week, but I just see these teams being very equal right now. And I like the matchup for the Panthers. So uh, I think plus three is a buy point there and a pretty strong one. Do you um, know if uh, I concur? Do you know if Atlanta has any uh, ghosts on defense that Tim Darnold? I mean, hope man, it's Halloween's coming up too. Like this is actually Halloween. This is a this is a spooky. This is this is officially a bet the process spooky matchup. Spooky. Okay. Listen, I, 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 here's the last thing I'm going to say uh, about the Panthers. You Sorry, Jeff. To, to cut here's here's the one you thing i will say too they have a smart coaching staff if sam darnold s- sucks the bag early on in this game they will go to pj walker they did it last week they're not just going to sit there and let like if darnold sucks even in the first half of this game they will make the switch now i'm not like a pj walker fan but like this is just added incentive like if the offense struggles and their defense keeps them in the game they might go to a quarterback who can maybe move the ball like I'm, I'm not uber confident in Sam Darnold, but uh, numbers wise, I think this is this is a good number on Carolina. Okay, next game. Oh, you want me to get more games? All right, let's see. Yeah, we just do one more. Yeah, I know. I'm just, uh, I, I want to like, I don't want to give what I bet. I, I mean, I'm gonna have to bet these now after this, I think. But. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh, wow, that Titans Colts total really flew up. That was a nice over earlier in the week. I'm not betting it at 51 though. Um, ooh, this is uh... Rob, Rob. I'm not going to give out what I bet, and then <laughs> proceeds to be like, "No, no, oh, look at this great bet I made." No, I'm just, I'm just. Giving not, you know what? It is, it is fair. Like what, what you said no. there was fair. But you know what? You're not a tout. <laughs> I was. It's I was okay. a tout. So I mean, yeah, you're reformed. Um, hmm. No, he just enables totes. Uh, no, wait, yeah. wait, yes, in a way, but I'm also enabling the people who are buying picks from totes to identify who is a phony. It's an interesting nuance for sure. Okay, so let, let, let's yes, let's get to I this mean, pick. Okay. I'm I'm trying. We're literally just going back to yeah. No, I'm I. Tr- Listen, I, we just like, play I, Carolina again plus the three. I, I should listen, I rebet it. I just bet I golfed. It I, bet I it golfed once. today, so I missed all the line movement over the course of the day. This is the first time I'm kind of checking where things have gone, and a lot of Carolina's the edges... already at minus one twenty, and uh, on on Chris as as Rufus and I found it. Please don't tell me you actually did that. Please don't tell me. <laughs> I'm not completely <laughs> filled on this game yet. Please don't tell me you went and bet Chris right away. I will be pretty upset. Um, no, it's okay. Whatever. I'll figure out a way to, to get that in. Uh, I, I, Dude, I market be... is three everywhere, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I, it should be fine. It's, it's just, yeah. Just at least give me like five minutes when we go off air to, to finish filling okay. this bet. Um, I think the Eagles minus three and a half minus 101 right now. Pinnacle is short as well. I've been pretty... Uh, unimpressed with the eagles however i'm even more unimpressed with the detroit lions and think that they just are overall a terrible football team and when you look at the lions this year they've pretty much been getting smoked 
in every single game to start the fourth quarter. Like the, even their covers have been just absolute pure miracles. Um, even if you want to point to the close games that they could have won because like the Vikings and Ravens kicked field goals as time expired, the end game scenarios in those games were so absurd with like the Vikings fumbling, trying to run out the clock on what wasn't even really a fumble in my opinion, because forward progress had been stopped. The Ravens dominated uh, the game against the Lions, however, had several touchdown passes dropped in that game. Um, I think the like the contrarian would say the Eagles are being priced the same way that the Bengals were priced a couple weeks ago in Detroit. My, I would say that that Bengals minus three and a half at Detroit a few weeks ago was probably the worst line of the entire NFL season. So I don't mind it. Um, I think three and a half is short. So I, I like I like Philly in that price range. All Rufus, right. I'm looking for Rufus's validation. We're one for one on agreeing. We also disagree on where the Saints should be in the power rankings of the league. So now I, this I, is what I'm waiting. I make it 2.8. I don't have an opinion there. So you'd like, you know, you wouldn't bet the Lions th- at no. three and a half? Two, two, 2.8 is the mean line, not the median. You know what I mean? Okay. So converting Fair, yeah, yeah. it, Understood. converting that, yep. it's not going to be, yeah, as much. So, yep. yeah. Understood. Okay. Um, All right. Whereas Thank I make Carolina Atlanta a true pick. Yeah, I'm close to that too. Thanks for joining us, Rob. As I always. like, wait, wait. Do you like New England, Rob, this week? That's, I that's don't. okay. I like New England. That. I know, I but, like but we New covered England. he doesn't like New England overall. But what about this week? I don't like them this He week, leans no. towards the Chargers. We talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, Rufus. I'm not sure where you were. You might have muted yourself. Probably. Actually, Probably muted you, you too. Is most of the market five and a half right now? Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, either way, was, I, there I, were sixes. There were sixes in Vegas earlier this week. That was nice. Don't you guys kind of feel like this is going to go up? No, I don't I think, think so. Six is always going to be a buy point on New England. Worse team than the Patriots. Don't please don't say that. I I hope you're joking. I really hope. Again, I don't know because you, you. But I hope I hope you don't believe the Chargers are worse than the Patriots. Please, Rufus. Please, I, I think, although I think I underrate the Chargers because of all the amazing analytics. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I overrate Belichick. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, uh, well, like, I will say, I, I think the Chargers defense is overrated in general, but they're going to get, like, they're going to have a fully healthy defense this week. They're getting Drew Tranquil back, who has been one of the best linebackers in football. Granted, linebackers don't matter as much as they used to, but um, he's pretty influential. Uh, Nasir Adderley's back at safety. Like, this is a pretty healthy defense. New England is is like a mess defensively with the injuries. I don't know. I appreciate you pulling a Jeff Ma there and doing all the name dropping. But it's important. These are important players. It's not like I'm just just naming the defense. These are guys that are, they had a bye week. They're getting them back from like that. That counts for something. Um, it, it, the the name dropping thing on NFL players. I don't know if you guys ever listen to Simmons's podcast, but when he he has this guy Peter Schrager on, yeah, who, Pete Schrager, uh, yeah, from Good yeah. Morning Football, and his like ability to say names on teams it definitely makes him sound like he really knows what he's talking about. Like, and he'll always say these, like really some of the ones that are like hard to pronounce and things like that. So that's, it's, it's uh, 
I appreciate, I appreciate that part of Rob's analysis since Rufus knows no player. Name I try really hard at that. That's like a Rob Pizzola pro move. Like if, it is a good way to pass yourself off as a professional. If yeah. you can name guys on a team, especially if you can name like the offensive lines, right? Like that's, that's where people are like, okay, this guy really knows what he's talking about. You know? Yeah. You know, how you much know, he doesn't just analysis- play fantasy football. Right, exactly. But no, like, the, no the, nobody has an offensive lineman on their fantasy football team. People have defensive linemen on theirs, no offensive linemen. So correct. That that's how you know that they're a real analyst. Mm-hmm. We, should, we should have a we should have a fantasy football league next year that has offensive linemen on it. That's a, we should have blocks. just just an offensive lineman league. Only offensive linemen. What are the stats? Only offensive Pancakes? linemen can participate in our fantasy league, or they are the only ones to score points. No, they're they're the only players that would be selected, and they actually not, don't garner any points. So we, I think we should get a league where we have offensive linemen in the league, and they're the only ones that's. But you points. know, yeah, that would you know how amazing this would actually be? Like this could be revolutionary, right? Like you you get negative points if you allow a pressure uh, or a tackle for a loss. You know, there there could be all sorts of stuff that this would be very very interesting. I'm actually very interested to start tracking these stats, um, and, and we could ultimately that'd be great. Uh, all right, guys, let's let Rob go to sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And um, thanks for joining us all. And, and we'll talk to you again next week. All the numbers in the simulated system that break down the data analytically driven. Media coverage of sports gambling is pathetic. The bottom line is watered down. It seems like they don't get it. Puppeteers are about to end just running off a of it.